Good morning. Hi guys, my name is Kristen Schunk, and I am starting day one right along with you guys. Hey, Ward Church, Len Simez here from uh, Chicago, Illinois. Hello everyone, my name is Annika, and I'm super excited to join you guys on this challenge. I think it'll be a great way to start this year fresh and being diligent and disciplined and reading God's word and spending time with him. Um, good for the soul. Hey guys, I, I don't think the problem is you or me. The problem is just humanity. Like it's actually really hard to change. And a lot of us, we need a springboard. We need a challenge and we need each other to really start to do something different. And my hope in my heart is that over this next month, a month from now, you would see this differently. So I am doing this study though because I tend to find that I like to read the Bible, but I'm reading it more just to check the list and you know make notes in my journal, but I'm not always reading it to really see what God has to tell me. So Nicole's study is fantastic and I'm excited to just dive in and really read the Bible to discover what God's trying to tell me rather than just reading it just to read the words and kind of check the box. So what I do read to uh, really sit and, and try to understand what God is saying to me. Every word. Look at every word and, and um, understand that, that, that verse. Understand what God is, is speaking to me. Uh, and that could change depending on the mood I'm in, the season uh, in my life that I'm going through. Um, but it's, it's, it's important that we not just gloss over things, not just read the words, but analyze the words, understand the words. I've heard people say the Bible is like the owner's manual for your life. And I know what they mean, but I do not think this is the best metaphor for the Bible. Because how often do you use your owner's manual? Right? You pull it out when you're like, where's my spare tire? Uh, you pull it out only in an emergency. And people do use their Bible this way. It stays on the shelf, and then the emergency happens, and they pull it off and try to find something to apply to them. And there are instructions in the Bible. There is doctrine in the Bible. But this is not primarily what the Bible is about. The Bible is primarily a story. It is a narrative. It has movement. It has a plot. It's going somewhere. Hi, my name is Grace McKee, and I recently just finished reading Help My Bible is Alive. And I thought I'd take a few moments to share what I've learned uh, while reading this book. Um, over the summer, I've decided that to start reading a chapter of day of the Bible, and so I have been reading that every day. And although this devotional book is supposed to help you uh, get into reading the Bible, with me it's more helped with actually studying the Bible and like what to look for in verses to truly understand it. See, the Bible is no ordinary book. It is the Word of God given to us to uh, transform us, to shape us, to guide us and direct us. It really shows us who we are and how we should live in our world. Well, hello everybody. If you don't know who I am, my name is George Merritt and I'm one of our students here at Ward Church. And over the past three days, I've been partaking in the 30-day My Bible is Alive devotional challenge. I just thought I'd come on here and you know explain some of my main takeaways and some of the ways I progressed during this 30 days. And then probably my biggest takeaway, my biggest um, thing I pulled out of from this 30 days was I never always wanted to spend time with God. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I never always wanted to, you know, pick up that book and read it. 
when I was, you know, pray to God or just read his word, but it was never something I regretted. You know, I never read the Bible or spent time in his presence was like, man, I really wish I didn't do that. Like, I really wish I didn't read the Bible that day. It's always like, yeah, I'm glad I did that. And yep, thank you for listening. Hey, Ward, it's Nicole again, just here to congratulate you on an incredible Bible challenge that we've been in together. As many of you know, several hundred of us have been in a Facebook group, just encouraging one another along as we've worked through my book, Help My Bible is Alive, which is really an opportunity to create a new foundation for the way that you experience God through his word. And I have to say that this has been an incredibly energizing, motivating, encouraging experience for me personally, and I hope for you as well. Just the way that our faith is shaped by one another, when we see our friends and our coworkers and our fellow church members um, with their place that they meet with God, with their plan for how they're gonna meet with God and for what God is revealing to them through his word, there's just something it does in us. It just it encourages our own faith. It's just this positive cycle of energy, of truly building us up in this idea that the Spirit of God is present and active in our lives, um, is moving in our lives, is calling us to transformation, calling us to, to more Christ-likeness in our families, in our workplaces, in the way that we engage with people. And that's really the heart of what we've done together. It's not about Bible knowledge it's not about being the person you can like win at Bible Jeopardy. It's about being transformed by God, about hearing the voice of God through his word, about um, being people who are shaped by the word of God, not shaped by the culture, not shaped by the whims of what's in and what's out, what's right or left, what's up or down, but truly being shaped by this deep and steadfast foundation of the message of Christ through, through the Bible. And that's what we did together. So you might be wondering if you've been in this Facebook group or in this challenge, okay, what's next for me? And at the end of the book, I recommend several books of the Bible to start reading through, just to apply the Alive Method and work through. And the first three are Philippians, Luke, and Acts. And the reason I chose Luke and Acts is because they were written by the same author. And Luke is really the story of Jesus's life and ministry and what Jesus came to do, how he enacted this new covenant, the, this new kingdom of God. Um, and Acts is really about how that played out after Jesus's life and resurrection when he sent his disciples out. What did it look like to be the church? And in this time that has been so um, disconcerting and uh, for all of us, it's an opportunity to reshape that foundation again. What is Jesus' life really about? What does that mean to the way that I live my life? And what is the church really about? And what does that mean for the way that I show up as a, as a part of the body of Christ? So Luke and Acts and Philippians is a pastoral letter that is a letter of encouragement. Um, it's a letter of how we find our joy, even in uncertain times. So again, very perfect for this particular season that we're in. So if you've been in the Facebook group, if you've been a part of the challenge, even if you've fallen behind, I want to invite you to our Facebook group on Tuesday night this week at 8 p.m. Um, we're going to be sharing words of encouragement and insight with one another um, as we close out this challenge. Thank you guys um, for letting me be part of this with you, and I will see you in person in May. All right. I love that video. It got me pumped. I hope it got you guys pumped too. It is awesome to see our people in the word of God. Uh, he speaks to us and he speaks through us and he uses his word to do it. So I'm so glad that so many of you participated in this challenge. It has been awesome. 
my name is Sean Carroll. I am a pastor here serving at Ward. It's an honor to be part of this congregation and to be worshiping our Heavenly Father together with you guys. Now, I know hundreds of you participated in the challenge, probably tons of you online as well. And up with me, I have two friends who will introduce themselves in a second. And I want to ask you guys two questions today. One is looking back at your time. And if you're on day 10, or you're on day 12, or you're on day 28, or if you've already finished, it's okay. This is a journey. But looking back at your time of reading Help My Bible is Alive, what is that one moment that God used to transform the way that you get in his word? My name is Susan Tassi, and the one moment that I want, it goes way back 40 years when I was a new Christian, and I was first engaging with the Bible, I went to the book of John in an old King James Bible, no cross-references, no study notes, no nothing, just the King James Bible, me and the Holy Spirit. And on, day, uh, on one of the days, uh, I, I was in John 15, and I was struggling with something. And it said, now you are tr clean through the word which I have spoken to you. And it also said, abide in me and I in you, for without me you can do nothing. Well, I was so thrilled that I wrote in my Bible, I underlined those verses, I wrote in my Bible, God speaks to me. It was so exciting. And through the years, I've been in lots of Bible studies, but the thing about the 30-day challenge was I wanted to rekindle that excitement that I had years ago of the Bible really speaking personally to me. Hi, I'm Claire Carty, and my one moment was actually on day 10 when I was reading Romans 12, and I came across a verse that I'd read before many times, but... Um, it seemed like God was speaking to me, and I was like, what? We can test and approve what his will is? How exciting is that? And I just got so um, excited and thrilled that God was speaking through me, that his word was alive and active, and I didn't have to rely on someone else. I didn't have to rely on someone else's wisdom or God revealing something to them. He was revealing things to me. And so that was my one moment. That's awesome. And if I asked each of you, you guys would probably all have a different moment. And that is so cool that the God that we serve speaks in so many ways. And now looking forward, what's next? The Help My Bible Alive is a 30-day challenge, but our lives are longer than that. So where do we go from here? What's the, what's the next step that you guys are going to take in the Word? Well, the next step for me is I, I do enjoy Bible study. I have a lot more knowledge that I had, than I had 40 years ago. But um, I want to use these tools that we were given so that I can uh, really engage with uh, each book of the Bible in a more meaningful way. And one thing I don't want to do going forward is that I had fallen into a rut where I was thinking that my morning time with Jesus would be looking at three, four different devotionals. And that's good, but it's somebody else telling you what God said to them. So there's really no substitute for being in the Bible and letting, letting the Bible speak to you personally. For me, looking forward, the first thing I'm going to do is make Nicole my official BFF because she's been one in my head for a while. So um, that's my first step. But um, I have been reading in Romans that I mentioned earlier, and knowing that we're doing a study, I think I'm going to start off in Romans because it really rocks my world. Um, but I also have been thinking a lot about worship and doing a word study 
on worship and looking specifically in the word to where worship is pleasing and acceptable and also where it's not. Um, so finding that. And then my husband and I are training for a big race. It's our second year doing it because it got canceled last year. And so I feel like God is trying to teach us discipline and endurance. And so I would love to do a word study and see what the Bible teaches us about not only discipline and endurance in our bodies and physically, but spiritually. So. Yeah, I love it. You want to get in the word. You want to hear from God. I want the hunger what God has to say to me. And I want that for all of you guys. And if you want to share what you're doing next, come find me, shoot me an email. I would love to hear uh, how the Lord's been speaking to you and what you want to do next. And as we continue in worship, I'd like to invite Pastor Scott up for a message. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's been uh, great to hear uh, people's stories today and in the weeks, uh, and the weeks preceding about how God is meeting us in the Bible. If you started the 30-day challenge when we launched this, and if you stayed on schedule, today is day 28. The 30-day finish line is Tuesday, and I know a lot of us have fallen behind, and a lot of us haven't got started, and that's okay, uh, because the 30-day challenge can be done at any time and at any pace. The important thing is that we're spending time in God's Word. I've heard people say, uh, you are what you eat. And in that case, a lot of us are going to be chicken wings and pizza rolls later today. Um, but I'm also people say, you are what you read. You are what you think about. You are what you meditate over. And so our adventure in the Bible continues. But in terms of the Sunday morning portion of this Bible Live experience, we are wrapping that up today. And I want to talk briefly about the role of the Holy Spirit when it comes to the Bible and then we'll close things out today by sharing in the sacrament of Holy Communion. The Old and New Testaments, Old and New Testaments, when taken together, are called the Holy Bible. That's what we call it, the Holy Bible. That word Bible comes from the Latin biblios, meaning book. Bible means book. Holy means separate or set apart. So this Bible is the set-apart book. It's a separate book. It's the book that is different from all other books. It is unique. And when we started this journey four weeks ago, we began with this passage of Scripture from 2 Timothy. All Scripture is what? God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. That's, that's, that's unique. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This passage is a classic passage for often what's, what's called the doctrine of inspiration. And if you're new to the Bible, you may want to write that word down somewhere, inspiration. The doctrine of inspiration refers to the fact that the Holy Spirit uniquely and authoritatively guided the writers of the Scriptures so that what we have is what God wants us to have. And this is unique. We might talk of people being inspired. Certainly people uh, can be inspired by God, and artists and poets and, and preachers and uh, writers can be inspired, but this is different. This inspired writing in the Bible is authoritative. We bring our lives under its authority. The Bible is the final authority on all matters on which it speaks. 
Not some opinion, not some counsel, not some pastor or priest. The Bible is the supreme authority, and it is inspired. Now, I want to talk a little more about how the, uh, the Holy Spirit interacts with the Scriptures, because not only did the Holy Spirit guide the writers of the Scriptures, but the Holy Spirit guides those who read them. And this is often referred to as the doctrine of illumination, with the doctrine of inspiration, the doctrine of illumination. Uh, the doctrine of illumination says the, the Holy Spirit guides all truly, uh, sincerely repentant people in their understanding of the Scriptures. So the Holy Spirit interacts at least two places. The doctrine of inspiration says the Holy Spirit guided the writers of the Scriptures. The doctrine of illumination says the Holy Spirit guides the readers of the Scriptures. And one of the classic texts for the doctrine of illumination is this one. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Now, this is not to say that people who have the Spirit do not need to do the hard work of Bible study. Of course, people who have the Spirit, who are filled with the Spirit, they also need to, to do some background work to find the backstory. We need to do some work to read, interpret, and apply the Scriptures. But the Holy Spirit lowers our defenses against God. And the Holy Spirit works through the Scriptures, making them alive and active and able to actually change lives. Now, I say this about the role of the Spirit because frequently people are intimidated by the Bible, or more broadly, they're intimidated by this idea of knowing God. And so they push back. They say, you know, I don't have any formal theological training. I've never been to seminary. I couldn't possibly understand that. And there was a time when the prevailing thought was, don't let average people have the Bible. This book is dangerous in the hands of the untrained. Leave it to the trained professionals. And that was the thought that ruled the day in early centuries. The clergy will be the ones that read the Bible, and we will tell everybody what the Bible says. And of course, the 16th century Reformation, among other things, was about giving the Bible back to the people. The Reformers felt everybody, everybody, uh, can and should read the Bible for themselves, and everybody should have a Bible in their own language that they can read and understand. But in our day, we have returned almost to a pre-Reformation priesthood idea. That is, we still think that we need a specially trained clergy person to interpret the Bible for us. And in many ways, my job security rests on this illusion. But here's the truth. You, you don't need me. You don't need me to interpret the Bible for you. God has given you His Word. God has given you His Spirit. And I'm hard-pressed to think of anything else that you need. You can do this. At times, it's very helpful to know the historical background. At times, it can be helpful to know some of the original languages, some of the nuances there. But all that information is widely available today to everybody. You can read and understand the Bible. You can know God, and nothing would give God greater pleasure. As great as God's Word is, as great as the Word of God that we've been talking about is, there's even a better Word of God. 
As helpful as it is to have the revelation of God in print, it is even better to have the revelation of God in flesh. Right? The, the, the Bible says in John's gospel, in the beginning was the Word. That's what it says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word of God is Jesus. You say, wait a minute, I thought the Word of God was the Bible. Yes, the Word of God is the Bible, but the Word of God, capital W, is Jesus. Jesus is the full revelation of God. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. You want to know the character of God? Look at Jesus. Jesus is the Word of God in flesh. God has revealed Himself in print. What a gift. And God has revealed Himself in flesh. What a gift, right? God gave us the Word of God, the Bible, and the Word of God, Jesus, and He gave us the Holy Spirit to lead us to Him. You and I can know God. Now, we're going to move uh, now from celebrating God's written Word to celebrating God's incarnate Word. Again, we remember that God gave us not only the Bible, but God gave us Jesus. So in just a moment, we're going to have an opportunity to share in this ancient ritual, this ancient practice called communion or the Eucharist or the breaking of bread. And if you're at home, you'll want to get those supplies ready here in just a moment. And this, this historic symbolic act can provide a sweet encounter with Jesus when it's approached from a right heart. So let's pray now to that end wherever, wherever you are. Well, God, we thank you that we serve a God who can be known, a God who lifts and reveals, a God who loves and relates. You are a God who spoke the universe into being, and you are the God who speaks to us now. Calm our anxious hearts, still our racing minds. Speak to us words of life. Reveal yourself to us once more and meet with us in the breaking of bread. God, we pray for the bread and the cup that's here in the sanctuary and for the bread and the cup that's in all the homes of people that are participating we pray that you would set apart this ordinary bread and this ordinary cup now for a holy and uncommon purpose. May these ordinary elements become for us in this moment a sacrament, something sacred, something holy, something more. And we ask that the same Holy Spirit that we celebrate in your word, would you pour out that spirit on us right now, in our homes, in our sanctuary, that you would bind us together as one church united in you. Meet us in this time, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.